Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. When you want tech flex on a cable and you want to pick that out, I don't know if anyone has a wider selection of tech flex than Sinusoid. And I don't know if they do it for everyone, but I found a variety of tech flex that they didn't have on their catalog. And I was like, hey, can you guys get this? And they got it for me. I got this beautiful striped tech flex on my cables. I look down with it with pride every time I play out, every time I'm using it at home. It makes me feel like I have my own very special custom cable, which I do. They are custom cables, uh, and it's awesome. It's a great experience. Uh, also, the worship leader at my church, he's got the uh, the, the personal in-ear monitor snake. Oh, which yeah. It's a quarter-inch cable and an eighth-inch cable going through it so that he can plug in his in-ear monitors into the same cable and run it down to his little acoustic processor thing. And plug his guitar into the acoustic processor with one cable. And I think it's got all kinds of tech flex in it. Like, it's it's a complicated thing. Uh, my worship leader was originally talking about trying to build it himself. Right. Because he was buying these really cheap ones that did the same thing, but they kept breaking. So he was buying a new $20 cable, like, every three months, and it would just break. I was like, hey, dude, you got to go with these guys. got a 100-year guarantee. Mm. And it's going to make you feel like there's a snake behind you. SinusoidCables.com. Go check them out. <laughs> All right. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Oh, yeah. We're back into it. It's November, Steve. Can you believe it? Yeah, that's it's crazy. Thanksgiving month. It's the end of the year. I feel like the year just started. Already is November. Only one more month to go, and it's yep. the end of the year. We're going to be It'll in a be 2018. Jeez Louise. My amp journey is almost over, finally. <laughs> I need to start gearing up to like do a recap of that, like a big video or something. I'm not going to talk Good about luck. it now. Is but it? I've, I've only got like a month left to buy new amps and try them out. <laughs> Is this a 2017 only? Yeah, it was my 2017 uh, amp journey. Remember, it was my my uh, New Year's resolution to try amps. Right, right. And I've done it. I did a lot better than most people who make uh, exercise reunion uh, uh, resolutions. That's true. Yeah. This is not the month to talk about this. I'm supposed to talk about this next year. But it's got me thinking about it. You know, it's fall. Well, you got a you got a, end of the year. You got a month and a half left to buy some amp, more amps. Yeah, what people tell me what amps to buy? Nothing too expensive, please. I've really <laughs> been on a budget amp journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, what's new with you, Steve? Uh, this is new. Oh my goodness, Steve! What are you doing? Is that uh, a tiny guitar? It's a tiny guitar. Yeah. I got a tiny guitar. Uh, I got a ukulele uh, made by F-Zone, um, which is a Chinese brand. I got off of Amazon. Um, they're on Amazon for like 50 bucks. Yeah. And I don't really know how to play any, anything on ukulele. Well, I've, I've learned a couple chords. Let me tell you how to play ukulele, Steve. How? Think about a guitar. Okay. Put a capo on the, first, on the fifth fret. Okay. And just play the bottom four strings, but the top string is an octave higher. That's a ukulele. By bottom, do you mean the four strings that are furthest away from me? This top little string here, the string that's closest to your face. Right. That is your G string. No, that's your D string, but it's just an octave higher. 
And then this is, would be That's your equivalent G. to G, B, E. Exactly. Oh. But your bottom string's an A, because it's a capoed on the fifth fret. Interesting. So okay. once you realize that, a world of chords opens up to you. They're just in a different key. So that's a thing. That's a thing. That's a thing. See, you know all these chords. Hooray. Hooray. You just learned ukulele. <laughs> Nifty. Uh, so, yeah. So I think by now you will have at least one video up for this. Gosh, I um, hope so. And I'm going to uh, do a little review of it. Uh, the deal was we got approached by the company who makes them, and they gave Steve an Amazon code to get it for really close to free. Like really, really, really close to free. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing is free, and they requested that we do a demo <laughs> and uh, make a little video that we can put in the Amazon comments. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. We're going to check this thing out. I'm going to compare it to the other two ukuleles I have here. And then Steve is going to take it home and play ukulele for his wife and children. I, I don't know a lot about ukuleles, but I, I feel like at least, I will say like at least the appointments um, on this guitar, I really like. I thought it was neat that you were able to choose a different, like between different wood tops. Like yeah, you went for the spruce, this, there was like a mahogany, there was something else. Uh, there's uh, spruce, which was is the most expensive of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, mahogany and sapele. I don't know what uh, that is. Sapele is, I forget exactly what, I'm trying to think, is sapele the one that they call like Asian mahogany? Oh, okay. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. What's the what's the tonal difference between Asian mahogany and regular mahogany? And Steve, please don't make any racist jokes. I'm not. I think it's just like the quality of the grain. I don't know if they're really tonally different. Um, that was your opportunity to make racist jokes. I know. Uh, oh, Sapele so is is also yeah, down, is Steve. African, uh, and I don't think it's related to mahogany at all it's actually related to mangrove trees apparently interesting those are like swamp trees um is that right i I, when i think of mangroves i think of those ones that grow up out of the swamp and the like the little spikes of the uh the roots come up out of the water yeah um but uh, so it says there's a distinctive figure blah 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 uh sapele is often marketed as african mahogany uh, and has increased sharply as a mahogany substitute in recent years due to genuine mahogany becoming a site appendix to listed species. Um, it's apparently been used for manufacturing ukulele necks for a long time. Huh. I know some of the cheaper uh, Taylor guitars have Sapelli back and sides. In fact, I think um, the Big Babies, and I think the Baby and Big Baby might actually be Sapelli back and sides. But I'm doing this all from memory. Well, so. for 50 bucks, this thing looks very handsome. Yeah. It's I, got like a tortoise binding all the way around it. The bridge looks good. The tuners look good. Like I was able to tune it up for you and it's held tuned for about an hour sitting on the I table I really here. like the satin finish. Yeah. Um, which I feel like usually actually on like cheaper guitars like this, uh, not guitars, but cheaper, like, well, on a cheaper guitar that I would maybe say would be a similar budget piece like this, uh, you would normally, a lot of times, you know, they use like laminates and whatever, and then they stain it and then clear coat, like do a hard clear coat to try to like, I guess, get that big durability or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I actually feel like the going satin finish on this though, technically, uh, that might be a cost cutting measure. Uh, I actually think it makes it gives it like a very unique 
uh, kind of look. Yeah. As far as u- ukuleles go. It's got a really nice, modern, clean look to it. Yeah. I like it. Like, I've always been a little bummed out with my uh, Lion by Washburn ukulele that has kind of more, like, fancy appointments with the abalone inlay. Like, I just, I'm not into abalone for some reason. Right. You'd think with all the gold sparkle I like that I'd be into sparkly abalone, but it's more like, it just feels like faux fancy to me. Where I, this is like a clean, like earthy kind of look that I really enjoy. Right. I don't know. Um, again, I, I'm, I've never really been into ukuleles. I, I've never tried. I, I just, they're not a thing that I know sure. very much about, except, you know, like I know people who play them. Um, but I feel like, uh, I feel like for 50 bucks, I mean, I guess like I'm looking at, at Guitar Center and seeing like the prices on ukuleles on there and a lot of like the Kala ukuleles are similar, similarly priced. Um, some of the other brands like Cordoba or whatever might be a little higher. There's some that are cheaper. I, you know, there's some brands on here that are like $25, $30. I have a feeling in that price range, they're not going to be terribly playable. But uh, I'm surprised how good this thing feels at, in first impressions for $50. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely way better than a ukulele that I bought that was super budget when I was a teen. I think I paid like $60 for it, and it was garbage. Right. This is very playable. The tuners look pretty solid. The action's really nice on it. I'm I'm excited to do a little demo of it and play around with it. I'm curious to see how the tone compares to my other two ukuleles. Yeah. Because otherwise, that seems like it might be the comparable thing because it's just a play, playable ukulele, as far as I can tell at this point. Yeah, and uh, I think, like I said, uh, at, well, I'll say that at around $50, this is actually the most expensive of the three. I think the cheapest one is is like $41, $42. Okay. Um, but if the other ones are this quality, oh, and I'll say like, even though we were directed by, like we were contacted by the company, the way that this purchase went is um, they just sent me a code. I bought this off of Amazon. Right. So it's not like we got like a spruced up model. I don't know that they really know anything about us. I'm not sure how they found us. Yeah, we've got um, two ukulele videos, so uh, but, I have no idea. Um, they basically said, "Here's a use this code on Amazon, and it'll give you the discount." Um, and that was it. So uh, I'm I'm open to do I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm passing this off to you because I know you can make a much better video than I can because I barely again like I guess I technically know all the chords. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I just I don't have like a, sure, a sure. frame of reference for. for also, anything I like have that. A, like an entire video rig here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just have a iPhone <laughs> and a LED light. Not that you couldn't do demos with that and like do little videos and talk about pieces of gear. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll learn ukulele and do some ripping ukulele videos. I'll get a transducer pickup attached to the side and do all my pedal demos yeah. with ukulele. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That'd be weird. Anyway. Uh, that's all I can say about it for now. Look for those videos. Yeah, they should be up by now. Hopefully, we'll see. Yep. All right. Do we want to get into it? Do let's we have any housekeeping it. or anything else? We do not. Else? It's the well, second episode. Go. We don't have any housekeeping. Well, let's mention real quick that people should come to if they're if they're local or want to travel in a little bit. 
And want to take a little nice fall vacation to a a semi-summery place? November 18th, we're recording our 200th episode at Tiger Tiger here in San Diego. Uh, We're going to start the recording around 2 o'clock, I think is the plan. Yep. And then we're just going to hang out and have food and party and maybe do like a raffle and, you know, just kind of hang out and have a fun time. Yeah. We might go walk and get burritos afterwards at a really nice burrito place. Sure hope so. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be a great hangout. And then you'll get to participate with our 200th episode. Maybe you'll get on the mic and talk about one of the wacky ads that we pull up. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun, guys. All right, let's uh, let's tackle one of those wacky ads. Oh, boy. Here, Here we go. 60-cycle hum, the wacky Craigslist, eBay, and Reverb ads podcast. That hurt my feeling. <laughs> All right, this first ad is a Jazzmaster replacement slash parts caster body thin slab profile, left-handed. It's striped. I don't know what else to say about this. Well, what I have to say, I don't remember who posted this to the group or if I found it or or how it came into our, this picture came into our possession. But when I saw this thing, it gave me a building boner. Really? Where I felt like I needed to get it and like build a guitar around it. But it's left-handed. It is left-handed, but it would look so freaking cool with a right-handed neck on it and worn right-handed, even though that kills like a ton of fret access. Okay. It would do like the, the Squire supersonic sort of thing. Right. And then I'd have to come up with a pit guard that would be on the upper bout in relation to my playing. Isn't an upside-down Jazzmaster just a Schecter Ultra? Basically. <laughs> but I really love this stripe pattern, too. In my, in my band, we pl- wear striped shirts when we play. Right. So this would just be so freaking cool. I honestly don't remember if I need to go that high up on the fretboard anyways. You probably don't. I mean, you, you probably do, but you probably but don't for, like, need momentarily, to. Like, momentarily. I could wrap my arm around there to get to it. Right. I wonder if this is still up. But then my other thought was like, oh, you could just do that paint job yourself on anything. And I just was thinking, maybe I'll do this paint job on that uh, that Squire Mustang I have. But then it won't be the reverse body. Ah, oh, man. And it gives me an excuse to build out a guitar with a uh, with like a Jazzmaster or Jaguar trim on it, which I don't have in my arsenal right now. Oh, man. I feel bad that I didn't buy it, even though I super don't need another guitar and I don't need another project right now. I just love the look, and I love the thought of making something that funky. Yeah. Um, I I think you'd have to... I mean, you just have to buy stuff, or you have to take other things you got apart. But uh, I don't know, man. I have to buy stuff, and I have to take other things I've got apart? I said you have to buy stuff or take other guitars you have apart. To do what? To get the parts. Get the parts you need to get the parts to make this. Yeah, well, like the neck. Oh, right? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I would have to buy a neck probably, or take a a, a strat neck off of something I have. Um, I wonder if would a strat neck intonate on this. Um, Jazzmasters full scale. Are so they? It should yeah. The Jag- Jaguars are the short. The scale. Jaguar and the Mustang are short scale. Jazzmaster was full scale. Interesting. Not even technically. I, technically, I don't. Well, personally, I don't consider the Jaguar or Mustang to be short scale, but they are shorter scale. Right. 
I was uh, I've been thinking about getting like building a a standard Mustang. Right. And maybe I could give this treatment to that, like get a left-handed Mustang body off of mm. Warmoth or something like that. Because that would give a little bit more fret access because it's not as dramatic of a cut. I know. I think the dr- I think the like the level of cut is what makes doing a reverse Jazzmaster interesting. That's true. Because it is just so dramatic. Yeah. I would probably reverse the direction of the stripes too if I did a reverse body. Really? I think that's the direction you would want. It's really? Like, yeah, it's moving towards. It's in line. It would be in line with the neck in that way so it looks like everything's moving forward i think it would make everything look faster with that stripe orientation what if i don't want it to look faster then you're dumb oh okay because <laughs> faster is better right exactly steve has got a need for speed mm, yep do you ever play that game uh i never played it a lot I was more of a grand... You never played it a lot. Like, I've played it. Okay. But I was much more of a... And at that age, um, I was much more of a Gran Turismo guy. Gotcha. Needed that ultra-realism in my life. We had we had the original Need for Speed game on our PC back in the day when I was a kid. It was a lot of fun. I had cars that were my favorites. Of course, one of them is a Lambo, you know? Right. That was before, like, the, the versions of the game came out where you're like... Trying to keep the cops from catching you and whatnot. That that was a thing. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe the cops were in it, but it wasn't as big of a deal. You know, we didn't talk about this a few weeks ago um, when it came up in the group, but somebody posted a uh, getting a, a police cruiser as yeah. a gear, as a gear hauler. Yeah. And ever since then, I've just been like thinking about like how much I want a police cruiser. I've wanted a pre- police cruiser for a long time as like a surf wagon, but uh, the thing that kept me from going down that road, and they would be great gear haulers too, huge trunks in those things, huge back seats. Um, first of all, the gas mileage is horrendous. You don't have to worry about that anymore. In those Crown Victorias, why not? <laughs> how often do you anywhere? drive places? Well, still, you want to have nice gas mileage. You don't want to burn gas if you don't have to. But also, like, I would be putting surf racks on the top of it if I had one, which yeah. would silhouette looking like a light gear uh-huh. on the top. And so I wouldn't be able to drive down the road above the speed limit. Like, right. rows of cars in front of me would all be going the speed limit no matter <laughs> where I went. And that would be a huge bummer for me because I like to drive a little quicker than that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I really, right now, if my car broke down, I think that's, that would be what I would look for. A police cruiser? Yeah. Man. I'd go to an auction and try to get one. Well, there's a reason taxi fleets use them or used to use them yeah. before all this Uber nonsense. I mean, the flip side of that is also that I've never owned or driven a car with like that much power. So I don't know what that would like. I assume that I could handle that, but I've never I wonder had if they to. S- they slap a governor on them before they retire them. I don't think so. And even if they do, like that governor is going to be at like it's not a power isn't all about top end. Like right, right. You Listen know, to sixty cycle hum. Having a, the guitar modding podcast. Having a having I mean, the a, car modding podcast. I couldn't even do the joke right. Having a big V eight engine under there, like being having all that torque on the low end. I mean, I don't know, man. 
I've always driven like tri- I've always driven Japanese econo boxes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And even my tr- like the one larger vehicle I had was a was a f- underpowered Ford F one fifty. So police don't even use the Crown Vicks anymore. They don't. So it's well, like, I don't this even, is, this I don't is even like know the if last, they're still made. This is the last chance. Yeah, like this generation to get to to live out our Crown Vic dreams. Seriously. The the other funny thing is like. When you realize it's a Crown Victoria and you look at non-interceptor versions of the Crown Victoria, you're like, this is just the most boring old people car <laughs> possible. They really are. But even <laughs> even like those, like the non-police versions are pretty I mean, there's a there's a reason old people want them because they're big and they have like their boats. Decent power. Yeah, but you get those you get those cop shocks, cop suspension, yeah. cop carburetor, cop engine. Cop transmission, you're ready to roll. All I want to do is get one, sit in it, throw on some Ray Bans, and yeah. say, and look in the look in the rear view and say, and, I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> All I want to do is climb in that Crown Vic and just replace every other word with meow. <laughs> you get that reference? No. <laughs> what? Just every now and then work in a little meow. It's from Super Trooper. <laughs> well, the cops would, oh. the cops, they played a game when they would pull someone over. They would just start slowly start mixing a meow into random places. And the person being pulled over would be like, what? Wait, what? Nothing, sir. Meow. <laughs> Have you ever watched that movie? No. Oh, it's fun, I know it's, it's one of the, what, uh, Broken Lizard or whatever. This is the 60 Cycle Hum, the recommending movies to Steve podcast. A few weeks ago, we recommended that he watch uh, Step Brothers. Now we're recommending. Apparently, it's on uh, Netflix now, so yeah. I have no excuse. Um, now that I told my co- co-workers who have wanted me to watch it that it's on Netflix, they're like, why haven't you watched yeah. it yet? What's wrong with you? <laughs> also, I want you to watch the new Star Trek show too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to get on. I need to get one of them clients that allows. Did me you to watch get... first season of Stranger Things? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Hell yeah, you did. I haven't started the new season yet. I'm super uh, it behind. came out at midnight last night of our recording day, so a week ago. Yeah. So actually, by the time this drops, I should be done with it. Yeah, me too. I'll be all caught up. Um, I, I'm a binger. I want asked Melissa if she wanted to watch. All of it, like I was like, it's I was like, we got a Friday night, we could just stay up till four in the morning watching it. <laughs> and she's like, no, I was like, all right. After church practice tomorrow, I've got a free day. I I might binge all I, day. I think find out what those wacky kids are up to. Yeah, crossing into parallel dimensions. I think we will probably, hopefully, watch like two apps a night. Two or three apps a night and be done with it pretty fast. Let's uh let's get back on topic. We've been <laughs> off topic for like a while. Although I'll say this is probably more entertaining than your 30-minute dissertation on Hansen last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh this topic was uh sent in by Gino Ames. He says, if there's this thing called dad rock, then what would mom rock be? Great question. We we actually started to get into this a little bit too much in the pre app, so hopefully we can carry that same energy. So over. I think uh, I think so. The first thing is I think we need to define dad rock. Obviously, like I've seen rigs of dad and all this stuff, and it's all like you know Marshall four by twelves and whatever. It's like all eighties, yeah, stuff that I would consider like butt rock, like butt rock rigs, 
or just like quintessential like, like you think Eric about, Clapton cover band rigs. You think about your dad and you think about what kind of music your dad likes and think about what kind of music your dad would make if he was a guitarist. He might be a guitarist. He might be a musician. Like, and I'm just thinking for like in the case of my dad, I'm thinking a lot of Doors. I'm thinking a lot of SRV. I'm thinking like random weird You think of things, the Doors like, as dad rock? Yeah, I think Doors are dad rock. That is dad rock. I went to a, a Doors uh, cover concert, like a tribute show uh-huh. uh, that my bandmate played in. And there was a lot of dads in the audience. All right, I think that's I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, I definitely would agree. I th- I think of Dad Rock as being like you know the the dad that's going to. Uh, well, I guess you know I I guess when I think of Dad Rock, a lot of that I think of my father in law, who is like super into like older like fifties and sixties blues. Yeah, um, yeah. Dare I say Hendrix is he's kind pretty, of... It, I mean, if if your dad's not name-dropping Hendrix, then he's not into rock. Um, That's just the fact. I think... I You know, I wouldn't say that because I think he was so influential, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, Hendrix is total dad rock. But definitely uh, people who are chasing that Hendrix sound are also featured heavily on Rigs of Dad. Here's what I'm going to say. Of rigs. Dad rock isn't a genre. It's not a band. It's uh, dad rock is a mentality. Sure, dad rock is a mentality in the way that it's like you're looking backwards to your youth and the bands that you liked when you were young and deifying them in an unhealthy way, and then like seeking out anything that like fulfills that kind of feeling that you got from that. So like. If you grew up in like the if you were coming of age in the late seventies and early eighties, like Boston is like your dad rock, mm. you know? Okay. And they and maybe like the music comes into play in a way where like to the rest of the population, maybe to like kids that are cool and hip, like your music's tastes are a little bit stuffy, a little bit old fashioned, maybe a little bit awkward, you know. There's there's a certain like indescribable element to it that makes right. it dad rock. And so we're looking for the mom rock equivalent of that where you're thinking about a mom who's looking back into the music of their youth and their anything new or anything different that they like still like sits in that vein. Sure. Sure. Well, not to where they've where they've deified it in an unhealthy way. And it's it's like, well, that was the good music. Like you think think about your mom looking at you and saying, That was the good music. My mom doesn't listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, well, my mom it would all be like Keith Green. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um No, but my mom likes uh like uh shoot. Now I can't remember the name of the group. I have no idea. I don't like know your mom. Motown group. I can't remember them. The girl singers. The Supremes? The Supremes. But she that's loves, not like rock. It's not rock at all. So we got to figure out what mom rock is. Well, I think... Well, I will say I think a quintessential part of dad rock too is that 
I think that's very specific to like the dads of like certain generations. A generation. So I think that's very really like a boomer thing. I don't know if like Gen Xer like Gen Xer dads have like a dad rock equivalent. I do. I think I know it. Like here off the top of my head, here is a dad rock band from Gen X. Sure. Offspring. You think so? Oh yeah. Cause I know like, ima- imagine someone our age just still totally being into the offspring. Like, yeah, that was the good music. You gotta keep they're, it separated. They're still making like you- imagine like the in that in that light, like uh Guy Fieri is like the king of the dad rock. All right, let me ask this question. Let me ask this question. <laughs> Can you be, I guess you can be dad. Oh, okay. Can you be dad rock or mom rock for, you know, and still be putting out music that gets radio play? Oh yeah. Well, on the, on the Facebook group prompt for that, someone said like Maroon 5 is mom rock and that's totally, that's true. Maroon 5 is totally mom rock. Um, I would, (sighs) I would make the possible argument that I guess Hanson would be mom rock. Dave Matthews is Gen X dad rock and mom rock. Dave Matthews is totally mom rock. Dad, Dave, if he's dad rock and mom rock, is that just rock or he's parent, parent rock. rock? Dave Matthews is parent rock. <laughs> um, uh, That's like the music that Gen Xers made babies to. Matt Walls also... Uh, Maybe that's the criteria. Music that... Parents made babies too. That turns it into oh mom and dad rock. If you're listening, to, I don't, I don't know. Wasn't does, any music does, we ever made? Does that make Does that make Death Cab mom rock? Yeah, Death Cab could totally be mom rock. All that like early two thousands kind of like like indie emo stuff. That is all mom rock. I don't know. I, th- I think there's got to be a, a next level surpiness to it. Surfiness is a good indicator of mom rock, which is where like so Matt Walls he was the one who su- suggested Maroon Five. There's also an element uh, like you think about a mom, and a mom adjusts their interests to be like what they think is going to be appropriate for to be around with their kids. Where like a right. dad kind of hides his interests. I'm right. Very generalizing. So maybe here. dad rock is the music dad listens to in the basement. If you have a basement. Yeah. Dad rock. He listens to like Beatles B sides that are mom, definitely about mom drugs rock and sex. is what mom listens to in the van. Exactly. Is van um, music. Interesting. That's an interesting angle, right? I would say when I was growing up, when I was a kid, the mom rock, and, and you know, going back to what I said, like the, the R&B or like Motown stuff she would listen to, it was oldies. My right. mom would play oldies. That was her mom rock when I was a kid. Duran Duran. That could definitely be mom rock. Maybe older mom it's rock. It's hard for me to say that because I like Duran Duran. But yeah, that's mom rock. That's, you know, like the 80s mom rock. I don't think, it, I don't think qualifying as a... Mom or dad rock artist means you made bad music. No, no, not at all. NXX, NXS NXX would definitely be um, mom rock for sure. Um, A lot of new AV stuff. You know, you think of like a a formatted radio station that would be like easy listening of the 70s and 80s. Right. That's squarely mom rock. I want to, you know, a lot of the the suggestions we got skewed. Like local station Kixie is a mom rock station. Um, 
a, a lot of these suggestions skewed 90s, so I'm trying to think of more like mid-late 90s uh, artists. Um, what do you think about uh, putting um, the Spin Doctors on this list? I mean, it makes sense. It's kind of syrupy. It's, kind of, it's what, safe. It's like... It's kind of poppy and peppy and positive sounding. Yeah, when I think because I have a pocket full of kryptonite, I have that album. It's a great song. Two Princes is a mom rock anthem oh, if I've ever heard exactly. one. Exactly. Um, uh, and I, you know, I guess the other thing I'm trying to think of is is artists because some of these artists, like somebody said, like Toad the Wet Sprocket, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But I'm trying to think of people who also had like some staying power. Sure. Not just because Toad the Wet Sprocket, I think, was just a one hit wonder. And when you say Toad the Wet Sprocket, it sounds like you're dropping, like, you know, like a indie cred like reference. Like, oh, let me name drop this. You remember those guys? Yeah. And most got- people are like searching their memory, like, oh, I think I remember them. It's like that's like record store like arrogant dropper. Right you're there. not going to know who this is. Oh, actually, one of these you might know who it is. The other one you probably won't. They're both current. Artists that I would say there aren't necessarily they're on the pop, the pop side. Pinback is mom rock. You think Pinback is mom rock? Oh yeah. I think they're too indie to be mom rock. No, moms grew up when stuff was indie and they would like a mess up. Lots of I lots guess. of ladies loved Pinback and their moms I now. Yes, their moms now. Okay. Um, you I, got a kid named after I do. I do have song. a kid named after There was a mom song. involved in that decision. I picked that name. There you go. Uh, after we went through an exhaustive list of names that I all ate it, and I was like, how about Penelope? There you go. Um, I was going to say two artists that are current, uh, that are on the pop side of rock, and some people will probably argue that they aren't even rock, which I don't know if you have to even be rock to be considered mom or dad rock. Uh-huh. But maybe you do. Uh, one is Ed Sheeran, who I have frequently said I should do a Steve's Peeves episode all about Ed Sheeran. <laughs> and the other one is, oh, Jesus. Lay it on me, man. Uh, is it Jesus Christ? No, just, forget what I was going to okay. say. All right. um, Jason Mraz. Oh, that's mom rock. Mob rock. Oh, you can see those, those high-waisted jeans going on. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Oh, okay. On that on that vein, where does Bruce Springsteen fall in oh, all of this? Oh, that's dad rock. Think Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, dad rock? yeah. Bruce is dad rock. I haven't met. I mean, moms that like Bruce Springsteen is because they like going to dad rock music. Here's here's an awkward one. John Mayer. Yeah, mom rock, mom rock. But I think there's a lot of dads who are like. Also into John Mayer for the bluesy stuff. Yeah, but I don't know, it's, it's more mom rocky to me. Here's here's an interesting one to, interesting one to think about. Aerosmith, mom rock Ooh, or dad rock? Uh, I'd say like pre pre nineties Aerosmith is dad rock. Dad rock nineties Aerosmith like crazy. Yeah, crying mom rock definitely mom rock. Um. We talked about this on the pre-up. Let's. I'm gonna Guns and Roses. Okay, let's I think Guns and Roses is is 100% dad. Well, maybe nobody's 100% anything. I think Guns and Roses is mostly dad rock. Guns and Roses has a lot of songs and a lot of qualities to them 
that is the mom rock of like the hair metal scene. Sure. I don't know. What I said in the pre-ep is that Guns N' Roses is the John Denver of hair metal. <laughs> it's the double denim of hair metal. Uh, like what? it's popular enough and it's likable enough. And you got a bunch of syrupy ballads about, you know, whoever's girlfriend and whoever's getting married. There's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of like syrupy content there. And they're also way safer sounding than a lot of hair metal. Okay. Like there's some euphemisms in there because it's at the time. Right. But they made very soft, syrupy, uh, safe hair metal of their time, which was very popular and commercially successful and aggressive enough to keep the dudes happy. Right. But I think to me, Guns N' Roses is mom rock. Huh. And I enjoy Guns N' Roses just as much as anyone else. I don't dislike them. I I don't know. I'm, I mean, they're I'm they're still, classic uh, stuff, anyways. I don't want to. I don't want to see. Uh, I don't want to see the guy in in those weird braided dreadlocks or whatever. What's his name? Now, Axel Rose. Axel. I don't want to see Axel in his weird hair pieces. Yeah, that was gross. That was really weird. Um, gross time. Do you think that eventually the Foo Fighters will become a Ooh. dad rock band? You think they're a mom rock band now? No, no, I think, I think, oh, like, I see what you're saying. I think down the road, like, in say, like, another 10 years, Henry's, you know, older and he's interested in, in music. Like if they, and you're like, and you're like, hey, Henry, check this song out. And you start playing Everlong on guitar. I feel like if they were going to be dad rock, they would already be by now because they've been around for so long and they've been active so long. They have been active for over 20 years. They, I don't think I they think have they like would, the technical prowess. I think that I, I think, think they something were, would need to change for them to become squarely dad rock. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they are going. I think they are on a potential course to become the millennial dad rock, the dad rock for millennials. Part of that might be because largely have you heard the, the, new, have you heard the new song? Yeah, it's friggin' very interesting. When I hear it, to me, and people might get mad at me, I, I'm hearing like a Black Keys ripoff thing in it. Yeah, I can kind of hear that. Like the, the, the rhythm of it and kind of the hook of it is like, this sounds like something the Black Keys would do, only he took out the, the octave fuzz. Right. I, I, fight me, guys. Fight me on the internet about it. That's just what I hear when I hear it come on the radio. I know what you mean. Um, I'm going to... Disagree, but not for okay. any reasons that I can think of. I mean, they were Foo Fighters have always kind of been close to that territory, anyways. But it sounds like it sounded to me like they were pushing for that sound. Sure, a little bit closer. Than well, they it's a little have. bit of more of a staccato grindiness yeah, yeah. going on uh, on that song. We're talking about the skies and neighborhood, right? Yeah. Um, just the the hook of it, like imagine that combined with an octave fuzz guitar, and then the whole song transforms into a black keys song. Right. I kind of I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think we've beat this to death. There's a lot more we could cover here, and we could go all night, but let's continue it on the Facebook. Sure. Group. Uh, the other one I was going to say before we move on was Sean Mendez, who's also on my super punchable list. Well, again, like, and I think people would argue that that he's more pop. Than 
than rock. And I think that's kind of, I think that's really the problem with Does he have a song I would know? No. I don't think so. Um, I think that's part of the problem with defining mom rock is in my head, mom rock is like going off the 90s examples of like the Matchbox 20 and, and, Train was one that people name or toad the wet sprocket is I tend to think of like these nineties artists that were largely acoustic guitar driven. Sure. Which is also where like Ed Sheeran and like Jason Mraz, Jack Johnson, Dave Matthews, these guys kind of all tie in. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I've got a good one, but it's kind of like that point where it's like, well, what, at what point is it not really rock? It's more pop oriented. Sure. Sure. He, he, I'm going to say a name and you say whether or not it's mom rock or dad rock in your, in your opinion. Okay, go Tom Petty. I wanted to talk about this. I think Tom Petty is mom rock. I do too, but it's like really good mom rock. I don't really have an, much of an opinion on Tom Petty. My strongest opinion I've ever expressed on Tom Petty was when he was on the Super Bowl, and I thought it was just boring. <laughs> Well, he is kind of boring, like, and but it's like good boring. I hated him on this. Like, it's one of those things where I, th- I think my favorite Tom Petty song is probably "American Girl" because it's oh, his yeah. only song where I don't feel like he's falling asleep. <laughs> everything else I've it heard, squarely mom rock though, right? Everything else I've heard from Tom Petty, he 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 sounds like he's falling asleep, and that's not a dig. Like, I I it's understand. Style. I understand. That that's a sound, but yeah, I would that say is a sound. I would say that Tom Petty, in my opinion, and that was that was one of the artists that like I just completely blanked out on when we were talking about this. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely, I w- I would agree. Uh, fight us on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this matters. It doesn't mean that the music's not good. It means that there's like a like a cultural element to it that makes it mom rock. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's tackle on the next ad and Dear keep the Lord. show moving. <laughs> we started. I still don't think I that think was. We, as, well, I don't think that was as long as your your Hanson piece last uh, episode. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's right. good. That was good listening, right, guys? <laughs> good app. You keep telling yourself we got that. more app to go. It, it's this, good. Uh, this ad was sent in by Nick Poppin. Uh, it, it's a '60s Silvertone Jupiter, fourteen twenty six plus a fourteen seventy two amp. And with payment plans, how do you do payment plans through Reverb? I don't know if if that's a thing. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, if if you use a buy with monthly payments through a firm, right? As but, low as one twenty eight a but month. But that just means you're financing through Reverb, right? But that's them cooking the books on their own end, not cooking the books, but you know, like making it work for them more. That's right. interesting. Um, that's going to get a lot of people in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, so what do you know about this model guitar? Is this a normal price for this year of guitar plus amp? I don't know. Or this model guitar uh, but plus I'm going to read the description okay. unless you want to read it. No, you read it, dude. You're better at reading. <laughs> this incredibly beautiful pair was found together where they have lived for the past 50-some years. These come from the family of the original owner, Mary Colton. Her name is on a piece of tape on the, on the guitar case and the side of the amp. These are easily removable. Her married name, Alice Mary Alice Smith, is on the guitar. Well, we know her name is Mary. Why yeah. didn't she change her name? Because just because her name's Mary. Uh, <laughs> That's Don- a pun off of married. Sorry. Oh. 
Because her married name, her name is Mary. Okay. Sorry. That was bad. <laughs> uh, done what looks to have been professionally. Is this removable? Maybe. But I think it's better left alone for appearance and nostalgia. I carefully removed a pickup via its two little screws to reveal the date of 1962. The guitar sounds incredible and plays so nice. Overall condition of the guitar is beautiful with some tiny color nicks. Scuffs, but no damage that I can find on the very... Fine. On the very butt of the guitar, you can feel the side binding where they come together. Simply an aged thing. All this, so I'm I'm guessing it's because the wood over time. I believe it's the sure. wood, the wood or the binding. I forget which one shrinks. Yeah. Um. Simply an aged thing. All is solid and tight. The case is very nice with typical age fade on the white. Includes its original leather strap. I struggled with selling these separate, but because they were used together since the 60s, I felt it was better to keep them together. Someone is going to feel the love when they get these. This is the real deal. I really like this ad. I really like this combo. Uh, I love that these pieces of gear stayed together for so long and are so clean. And I love the writing on the guitar. I would definitely leave that writing on this guitar. Oh, me too. I 100% agree. It's like you don't know who that person is, but you can tell that they took pride in their identity and it's got a legit like outsider art like 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 legit thing going on. It feels real, you know? Yeah. It feels like a like a real relic of music. Even though you don't know who this person is, they probably don't matter in the history of music or anything. I, what is the word I'm searching for? The phrase. I it's, don't know. I just love it. It's charming. I I don't know if this price is fair for this guitar plus the amp plus the case. I but can tell I have you a this. feeling it's not too far outside so the of reality. Amp, it looks like you're maybe looking at three hundred ish normally around three hundred, maybe as high as three fifty. Uh huh. But potentially as low as two hundred. If you, I mean, these That's are. Right. I've seen these under like other brands uh, under actually under the Har- Harmony label. If it runs times. as clean as, as it looks, it's probably fine. Um, they're pretty interesting little amps. Are uh, they tube? Yes. Okay. Uh, the 1472 is an is a tube amp. Um, they're just like a a little. I mean, I don't. I forget what the speaker. I think it's like an eight. It looks small. It looks really small. Uh, But I think it's an eight. Is this the diamond one? Yeah, it's got a diamond. Um. So, so yeah. Um, the diamond one. I'm still trying to find where somebody says this the size of the speaker. This one actually. Well, this ad I just found says it's a Jensen C12R. Uh, Oh, but these originally came with a which is a 12 inch speaker. But these originally came with Fisher speakers. Um, I think these are some ridiculously low wattage, like six or six ish watts. I want to say uh-huh. six to eight watts. Um, I can't find a price on that guitar. There is one person yeah, trying to anything. sell. There's one person trying to sell one for like thirteen hundred. Whoa! But I'll say this. Say it, man. Lay it on me. If I had a thousand dollars laying around and was into vintage stuff. I think I'd make an offer at a thousand dollars. I mean, it feels steep, but then like 
This I'm, is quite the package. I mean, that's it's very attractive. It's very charming. That could be the Paul Anner talking for me. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this does look fantastic. And I agree. That little Mary Alice Smith, if anyone asked, I'd be like, I bought this guitar, and it was already named well, Mary Alice Smith. Oh, this is a reissue. It's- yeah, that's a problem. Is is they as uh, there are reissues of these. Yeah, like if any time if some if I had this hanging in my house and people like ask whose name that is, like who's Mary, like uh, none of your damn business. Like and like make your own story up about it. You know, like oh, you're not allowed to talk about Mary. Okay, you leave her out of this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's a little weird, but it's really well done. Somebody has one of these on Etsy of all places for. $925. I believe it. I think guitar, probably, guitar Center, who honestly, like, <laughs> kind of usually has a decent pulse on pricing, has one for $800, but it looks like the pit guard's mangled. My gut tells me that... Oh, eight, this pit guard is definitely mangled. That uh, 800 to 900 is is a good place for this guitar to sit. It's probably not going to play fantastic, but it's more of like a nostalgia, like museum piece. I sort think of price. I think it, it potentially could play good enough. It could with a little bit of loving. I I, I have, I'm skeptical that it that it plays well uh, under natural aging conditions, compacted with how it played new. I don't think it played well new. Right. I'm just saying this guitar could have a lot of mojo. Oh, it's totally got a lot of mojo. It's packed full of mojo. Mojo is is basically all it's got. <laughs> but it's a lot of really cool mojo. Uh, I just can't imagine this being a player's guitar, but it is a really beautiful piece and a really compelling piece. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else to say about this? I don't. I like, the, I like the way this looks. I like the story. Yeah, me too. I'm sold on the story. And they did a, put a really nice ad together with really good description. Yeah, yeah. Really cool photo, like leaning up against the back of a like an old dart or something yeah. like that. More car talk on this episode. Jeez Louise. We're going to become a car podcast. I don't even care about cars that much. I drive a, a Nissan Sentra, guys. I that's try, how much I care about cars. I drive a Toyota Corolla. That's not that's, any better. That's better than a Sentra. Uh, I don't know. I think they're the same. Guys, write in. Tell us if a Sentra is better than a Corolla or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, topic. Uh, I did video shootouts of uh, pedals that you left here. I did. I did leave them here. Yeah, you left that uh, the 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 polytone. Not the polytone. The, the, the EHX Micropog. Micropog. Jeez Poly Louise. octave generator. Yeah, yeah. I was almost there. I, we're getting late in the evening. Late in a recording session, and my ma- it's mind only is nine o'clock. I know, but it's been in a the morning. Long freaking week. It is not nine o'clock in the morning. We're okay. not the gear slum. We don't wake up at six in the morning. Yeah, what's up with those dinguses? They're insane. I don't They're understand that at all. The only thing I'm doing at six o'clock in the morning is running. I'm sleeping if I get my wishes. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, yeah, it was a lot of fun shooting out the the pog against. Uh, I did it against the Sub and Up Mini and against my uh, Pitchfork. Did you watch that video? No. Uh, do I watch any of our videos? <laughs> so you don't you don't have any opinion on that then because you don't even listen to it. I thought it was interesting. The Micropog, 
when you turn the dry mix all the way down and the high mix all the way down, and you're just running the uh, the low octave all the way up, uh-huh. there's an interesting like you turn oh the dry mix right yeah it, there's an interesting like resonance of the high octave left in it. Huh. Which is completely different from the pitchfork, where if you go to the low octave, it's all low. So, my experience with it, doing the demo and playing around, is that I think the the Pog is really, really good for blended sounds. Yeah, like you're blending in the right amount of low and the right amount of high, and your dry signal, and you're getting a really nice, smooth organ sound out of it. Which is, I totally get why people use it for like kind of ambient. Uh, like smoother, like chimey, organy sort of stuff. Yeah. With a lot of delay and reverb, it makes total sense to me. Now. I really like it. Yeah, and then like I don't, the, I don't know if I will in the long run. I don't know how long I'll keep it, but it's definitely like made me think that I need to keep some kind of octave generator, sure, um, or poly octave uh, generator in my signal chain. And then on the the reverse, the the pitchfork, the thing I like about it is that it it tracks just really fast and has this really aggressive uh, low punch to it. Mm -hmm. It's not like a lot of low end, but like it gives me this funky, like quirky, like almost hip hop sound Mm. when I'm playing around with it that I really like, or it's definitely way less blendable than the Pog. And then, and then the, uh, the sub and up mini that yeah. thing is just a whole different beast. Right. Like, it completely sounds different. And I know that you haven't heard it because you didn't watch the video. <laughs> I read the comments. Uh, well, there you go. Now you <laughs> got a good idea of what's going on. The sub and up has way more just pure low end on tap. Interesting. Like, it feels like they're not kidding with the sub. Like, there's <laughs> a sub signal going on there where I was afraid... The same volume that I was using, the Pog and the Pitchfork, there is a low end going on that made me afraid I was going to blow my speakers. So I think it would be neat for you to take the sub and up and try it with your bass and see how it handles that. Like if Hmm. it overwhelms the bass or if it works really well with bass because it felt like a ton of low end. Right. It was a little bit scary to me <laughs> but then it's got a totally different tonality even though it's the same controls as the pog the sub and up mini also has tone print right yeah you can load tone prints to it so there was there's tone prints that are closer to a pog and closer to the pitch right. i'd say but still not quite the same uh the way it handles the signal is different like it's it's more of like a filtered sound mm. to me. So gotcha. I'd be interested to hear your your input if you want to use it on bass and experiment with it. Right. Um, and then getting into the tonal recall, because you got that tonal recall I do. in a trade, and I did a shootout with that. Did you listen to that one, Steve? No. No. <laughs> Steve doesn't listen to that. I have a job, Ryan. I can't watch YouTube I videos all day. I got a job, too, and it's making YouTube videos. Exactly. <laughs> It's your job to watch YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was interesting. They both, basically, they're totally the same. Right. Uh, Recall wise, (laughs) there's twice as much recall on the red knob knob. Okay. Uh, There's on the long setting, you just get twice as much time on the repeats. But what I ended up doing 
And I didn't do it before because Joel Corte warned me against it. He's like, don't. When he sent me the pedal, he's like, don't change the trim pots. You'll never be able to go back. And it was this really ominous warning. And I took heed to it because I am a trim pot uh, tweaker Uh when I get a pedal. And he's like, there's stuff in there. If you tweak it, uh, you'll have to send it back to me to get it back because they have to like hook it up to like an oscilloscope to (laughs) get it lined up again. Uh, so when I plugged in both pedals and had them side by side, it was like the one that you got sound, the repeats sound way more loud and present to me. And I huh. think it sounded better in my opinion. So I opened it up. I started farting around in there. I got on the internet to see if anyone else had figured out the, the trim pots and lo and behold, Joel Corte himself had put a map to the trim pots on the gear page <laughs> like a long time ago. Yeah. So I pulled it up, and uh, the Red Knob mod is a different board, apparently. Okay. So it was a little different inside, but is able to track down which pots did the things that I needed to be done as far right. as like bringing up the volume of the uh, the delay signal, and I was able to match it to your Blue Knob cool. channel recall really close and get them... Both sounding really nice, in my opinion. I didn't tweak yours at all. I was just tweaking mine. But right. it, it, uh, I'm really happy with how it sounds right now. I'm going to use it a lot more often, honestly. And I'm really excited about the, the long delays on the Red Knob mod because I can use that for, uh, you know, more like ambient stuff at church mm-hmm. and whatnot. Still a freaking great pedal. It is funny that it's getting, did you read the comments on that one at least? Yeah. So, <laughs> so someone was like, hey, is this the the pedal Steve traded a Mexican strap for? And you were like, "Yeah, it is." And somebody was like, "Somebody was like, oh, so he traded a cluster F for a for a douche canoe or some something oh like that." Oh my gosh, I how, didn't see that comment. How long until we see this on the wheel of pedals? <laughs> and I was like, and I just replied, "Like, why would this be on? Why would this go to the wheel of pedals?" Yeah, no kidding. That's not how it works. Like so, apparently, not only does this person like hate Mexican strats and the tonal recall, which is apparently a pedal only douchebags own, and they use it in their canoe somehow. Um, but apparently, I should just send this thing to the wheel of pedals. Uh, <laughs> clearly, you don't listen to the show at all because you know the end goal with this is to sell it on reverb. It's a flipper. It's flipper. It's flipper. Faster, Faster than, than lightning. lightning. Thank no you. No one you see wow, you is know smarter more song than, than I do. Damn, Steve. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's flip bait for sure. It's, it's, it was funny to me. There's a guy who comments on the podcast. I mean, on the YouTube channel all the time called Iggy Tommy. Yeah. And he just doesn't stop when there's something he doesn't like. And he apparently does not like the price of the tonal recall or that it doesn't have stereo outs. It's just like, dude, relax. Like not every single pedal has to be made just for you. But I think a lot of his deal is just joking around and having kind of fun making ribbing comments. So I don't take it that, that seriously, but there are people out there who get all worked up about the price of the pedal and you know, the features of it. And it's like, Hey, this is like a very specific design this is a very specific application and there's very specific controls on this thing that other pedals just don't have other delay pedals just don't have that control bank that the tonal recall has 
So if you're looking for something that gets way off the beaten path, like I still say the tonal recall is a freaking great delay. And, you know, the cost is the cost. Like that's just what it costs to make them and for Chase Bliss to cut a profit. Like deal with it, guys. Yeah, so if you haven't uh, checked them out yet, like me, uh, <laughs> go see the uh, the the octave uh, pedal shootout and uh, check out the RKM versus stock tonal recall on the YouTube channel. Yeah, and uh, maybe you'll watch it too, Steve. That's what I'm saying. Maybe okay. I will. All right, you, don't you want to hear your own pedals in action? I probably should <laughs> see what they sound like. <laughs> All right, this last. Uh, set of ads was sent by uh josh core we don't know who josh core is he, but we like to think that maybe this was josh scott's email address back when he was 2000s when back he was when he was super emo super straight edge there's a lot of x's in the email address we don't have the guy's full name so it's like josh x uppercase x underscore dot dot core underscore x uppercase x lowercase x dot underscore xx you know there's a lot of x's involved this is an emo email address for sure yeah yeah <laughs> hashtag oh wait there's no hashtag we're sorry we're making fun of you josh his email yeah. address actually is this what happens when you don't much like that you don't put your name on uh yeah tell us your name or we're gonna make fun of you by we're not real by not your name by naming a bunch of things that you're probably into which yeah. is why you use so many x's <laughs> you like stuff yeah, I do. I bet. I bet Josh <laughs> listens to the Juliana theory. Are we, are we bullies, Steve? I don't know, but sometimes I feel like you're psychologically manipulating me. <laughs> oh man, I'm having flashbacks to Otter Day. <laughs> All right, this is a custom Spider-Man slash girls decal design Ibanez guitar with Floyd Rose. Uh, customized decal designed Spider-Man slash girls Ibanez RG series guitar with Floyd Rose tremolo. Use needs lock and screws for head nut two hundred dollars. Well, if it doesn't have the lock and screws for head nut, the value of this guitar is basically zero. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't know if that's really accurate. I guess it is. No, if you it's want. not. But I it's mean, like, I know I sound like I agreed with it, but I was just more like yawning and making a sound <laughs> at the same time. My first amusing thing on this is actually that the this is supposed to be HSH configuration. Uh huh. It's missing the S, and in S is the single coil pickups place. It's just this holographic yeah. sticker. Come on! This might be an interesting ad if we knew the model of the Ibanez, but we don't. It, it, this is some jank. You, yeah, it There's this is not one of the nicer ones. I'm it sure. doesn't look nice. But the the thing about the that's funny to me. Is that on the front of the guitar, you got Spider-Man decals. There's Spidey. He's just swinging around on his web. Yep. And then some other like like anime-like sticker down there lower. You uh, can't the, really see what it is. Wait, the other one? The one in the corner? Yeah, bottom corner. That's, That's more Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I, was, yeah, I was looking at it like as, okay, I see what's going on here. Yeah. All right, I, my, my eyes were playing tricks on me. So that you got Spider-Man on the front, and then you go to the back of the guitar. And that's the, where the ladies that, are. Well, there's also a Spider-Man on the pickup or on the trim cover. Well, yeah, Spider-Man's hanging back there and with the ladies. The Spider-Man like logo, you know, Spider Dash Man. <laughs> yeah, and then these like there's They're one like pinup stickers from. Well, there's like, there's one that's just like a straight pinup, and then the other two are like anime pinups. Yeah, 
I just they remind me of the the hookups skateboard brand from the nineties. I don't know if they're still around. I, I'm not where they familiar would put with like that at anime all. girls on the skateboard decks oh, okay. and it'd be super very sexual. Uh, it really reminds me of that. But what cracks me up about this guitar, like the the little scene that plays out in my head, is this kid, like teenage kid,'s got a guitar. It's like, yeah, I finally got a guitar. I leave it out in my room. I got a bunch of stickers. Yeah, I love Spider Man. I also like these ladies, but I don't want my mom to see them. I'll put them here on the back of the guitar. It'll be just you know, for me. You just, I'll know they're there. You just asked the question about whether or not we're bullies. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not picking on this person. I'm just having a hypothetical thing here. And I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is that I understand this kid's thought process. The with kid it. who owns this guitar is probably, I feel like I knew this guy in high school. This is the guy. Oh, who, I definitely knew this guy in high who school. Every day, like, got punched in the shoulder by an offensive lineman. Okay. And then comes out with a couple other dudes from the marching band at like the at my high school. We had this thing called Air Band, which was like basically like a big like people would get together and put on like skits based on like popular songs. Huh. Um. And they do these like skits. So like I think, uh, oh, so like one of them, um, this might have something similar to this is we had. Um, this was actually not in high school. This was in middle school, but we had like uh, one of the teachers who rode a, rode a motorcycle. Okay. It was a Honda uh, Gold Gold whatever Gold uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can call that a motorcycle, my dad had just one of those. a really fancy scooter. I'm not sure. But anyway, they're motorcycles. Uh, so anyway, he did. They did a thing with him where he came in riding it, and they did uh, all of like the students in this skit dressed in like fifties, like poodle skirts and stuff, and they did leader of the pack. Oh, okay. Um, so like that's an example. Like they would do like what does the, that have to do with this guitar? So so this kid is the kid who gets like punched in the shoulder every day. He's just kind of like whatever, like just this kid, like oh yeah, he's like a dork, whatever. But then he pulls this guitar out at Airband because they have these skits, but they also have some like a few like student actual bands. Sure, sure. They get to perform, and everyone's like, oh my god, he's like actually really good at guitar. And the reason he's good at guitar is because that's he just goes home and plays this he's stupid gotta, guitar. He goes home and he's just got to do something with his hands. <laughs> and so he plays guitar. He plays guitar. That's probably why almost all our listeners are any good at guitar, <laughs> if they're good at guitars, because when they were teenagers, they just had to do something with their hands, anything. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I don't know, but it, when, when what I do you think about putting a long sticker on the back of the actual neck? Because that covers like half the neck. Well, easily. part of me wants to hate it, and part of me knows that I never play that high on the fretboard anyway. Part of me is looking at that and is like. Why don't they do, uh, like uh, water slide decals underneath the finish on the back of necks? It would be kind of a cool look on certain guitars. Like if you had, yeah, the... you could, definitely if it was like a thematic guitar, I think yeah. that would be cool. There'd be, you could do something interesting, like painting a, like having a, a picture across the back of the neck could be a yeah. really cool look yeah. on like an like a guitar that's more of an art piece. I don't know. I definitely wouldn't do a pinup girl. And, you know, considering my rules about art and guitar, this guitar breaks all of them 
because all the art is vertical when the guitar is vertical. One of them is reverse vertical. That's true. You got Spider-Man crawling all over the place. Um, so yeah, I got nothing else to say about this other than I just think it's funny to think about the type of young personality or maybe old personality. This could be an old person that would put this together. And the price is probably, meh, this this guitar should probably be what? 125, 150. You think that's fair? Um, yeah, I think 200 is high. I would say 150 with some flex. I mean, you're going to have to remove... At least half of these stickers. I mean, who wants Spider-Man on their guitar? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting webs all over the place. <laughs> Gross. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, big thanks to Sinusoid. Yep, Sinusoid and- Pro Audio Couture. Check them out at sinusoid.com. They make cables and smiles. They'll do custom uh, custom everything. Whatever you want, they'll make it. They will put together your fancy cable dreams. And you'll have the cable of your dreams there plugged into your guitar, into your amp, into your pedal board, and everything in between. Go check them out, sinusoid.com. You want to tell us about the song, Steve? Yeah, this week's song was sent in by Michael Newman. Uh, he says that he was inspired... By the hologram electronics resynthesizer pedal called the Infinite Jets. Uh, he says he recorded this with my soulless PRS CE24, <laughs> Super Saturn Reverb Amp, Proco Rat pedal, uh, some synth software, Steven Slate mini drums, and at the end I used my lap steel guitar. No words, just music. Um, and it's called Infinite Jets Glitch. Um, no words, so, no, just music. That's the name of my solo album, <laughs> which oddly enough is all lyrics, no music. Yeah, no music at all. It's like it's just spoken word. Spoken word is like poetry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. See you later, dudes. Bye. Bye.